Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Welcome, glad you're here, <laughs> and I feel weird that I put us on opposite sides of the screen today. Yeah, how are you doing, Dad? How are you doing <laughs> with that new weird. change? Oh man, change is hard when we're old. I know you old people, it's a little hard, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to try to power through because we want to mix it up for our watchers and subscribers, right? Before we get too carried away, I just want to say probably like a top bottom situation. I don't think I'm here for the aspect ratio is not what I'm looking for. No, no. Maybe okay, diagonal just, split would be cool, though. All sorts of dis disturbing things going that direction. Not now. That no, podcast. Mm, please. Thank you. Thank you. Let's, let's move along. Uh, how are you doing today, Zach? I'm doing pretty well. I kind of enjoy being on this side. I feel like my mic's been kind of in the way between us and now it's not. I'm still going to gesture in the wrong direction every time I try to look at you, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's my own problem. We made it. We're here. Are you drinking? Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, the thing is, I've been gone for work on a trip for the last four days. I literally got home half an hour before this recording was supposed to start. And I leave for a trip again first thing in the morning. So we're just squeezing these in on the wee bit of time that <laughs> I'm home between business trips. So I got home in time to throw clothes in the wash. They're washing right now because I'll need some of them again when I hit the road. And to make a drink before getting the tech set up and let's go. It's a necessity. <sighs> yeah, so I, I didn't have time to create a watt tail. Mm. Now, I thought of a watt tail. I have a great one in the queue, ready and waiting. Save it for next time. It'll have to be next week, that's right. So I went just to a staple, a favorite. I got my good old Long Island iced tea. And I'm happy to have a nice drink. Because I don't tend to drink on the road, so I haven't had but anything in a few days. You deserve it. Well, thank you. Enjoy it. And I saw you had some big old mug of something. What are you drinking? Dr. Pepper. I'm I'm having a sober episode. Wow. Rough well, night last night, huh? No, rather we're doing this earlier than usual. Not that much earlier, but enough that going, we're doing this. We're going to be recording another one after this. And then I'm running D&D &D later as well. I just figured I should wait until at least the second episode to start drinking. Fair enough. I'll use the second episode to keep drinking, if that's fine with that's you. That's a good decision. I All encourage right. that. <laughs> Discord will be continuing to drink through both episodes as well. Good plan. <laughs> good plan. All right. Well, we have very, very few notes for today. Honestly, okay. I just have one comment before we get into our content. And that is we have a new state in the United Woo! States. Welcome. Oh, like a United State. I thought you were talking like a state of mind. No, no altered states here. Nothing like that. But we have a state that hasn't had listeners before. So welcome if you are listening to us from Connecticut. We see you. We value you. You found a home. <laughs> we also do have a bunch of new listeners in India recently. Ooh. But I think we had India before. It's just been a while since we saw any. I think we've had them, but it's fun seeing some more. Yeah, so... Great to have you with us. So that's it. I don't have any other news or <sighs> details we got to jump into. Let's get into content. Let's do it. Ooh. 
We have great chapters here again. Chapters 11 and 12 from The Shadow Rising Mm -hmm. of the Wheel of Time. And it's time to reintroduce Teleron Riyadh. I like it. The World of Dreams. Yeah, yeah. It's it's already played a prominent role in the series. It was in, we think, The Eye of the World. Probably. And The Great Hunt, but really stepped up. Yeah, stepped up a gear as we got to the Dragon Reborn. Especially near the end there with Perrin. But then nothing. We haven't seen anything. First, the prologue in first 10 chapters. Wait, there was no prologue. The first 10 chapters of The Shadow the Rising. Prologue, not... which is the first 10 chapters. No, I'm just going to keep saying <laughs> as we go, the entire book is prologue. Uh, no, you can't give you that. No. And uh, we're going to really step it up a bit here in these two chapters as to where this story's going. And I'm saying that after the last chapter where there was the big Trolloc attack on the stone. Yeah. No, things quite literally exploded last time. And uh, we're stepping it up? We where are we are. going today, Dad? You said Teleron Riyadh. What's yeah, going on? We'll get there. Well, see, we're in Egwene's point of view for this chapter. Makes sense since she is the dreamer we've learned mm. in previous books. Notably and different than a daydream believer. Yes, the monkeys would want you to know. We're in Egwene's bedroom at this point, and she's not alone. She's got Nynaeve and Elaine and Avienda, her mm-hmm. growing friend, right there with her, and she's preparing to enter Teleron Riyadh. Now, she's been reticent to do this since her last visit the night the stone fell to Rand and the Aiel. When they were trapped in that cell, the whole Joya and Amiko getting captured in their escape attempt through this world of dreams. If you forget exactly what happened, go back and listen to or read those chapters. Why would she be hesitant to go back into the world of dreams? Because it worked out pretty well for her the last time she did. What's her issue? Unfortunately, there are... 11 Black Aja sisters still out there with 11 supposedly Dream Terangrial still out there. Yes. They now for sure have to know that in some way some of them have access to Teleron Riyadh. So the belief and assumption that around any corner there could be a horrible trap is terrifying. Discord wants Black Aja to be referenced as meanies from here on out, by the way. Yes, the mean girls. (laughs) But now there was this new attack that we just had in our last chapter. And it's, it's stepped up the urgency for the girls. They've got to figure out what to do. Tanchiko? Or the tower. Or Saldea, Mazram Taim, whatever that is. Or just go back to the White Tower. You know, they have to know what they're supposed to do. They've mm-hmm. gotten these stories from Joya and Amiko that are confusing and uncertain. And they've been trying to puzzle it out, but they they need more certainty. And so last time them, when they needed certainty, they hopped into Teleron Riyadh, hopped down to Tyr, and, oh, yeah, we should go there. It's probably a trap, but we should go there. So here we go again. We're going to try. And Egwene's the one that's going to go into Teleron Riyadh. The other girls offer to go with her or to do it themselves. And she's like, no, 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 I need to do it because I'm the one who's a dreamer. Therefore, I'm the one more experienced and more capable in Teleron Riyadh. From an outside perspective, it does look rather controlling and like Egwene's going, no, this is my thing. But also, 
Egwene is very aware of the fact that this is incredibly dangerous, especially if you don't know what you're doing. And Egwene doesn't know what she's doing, but she knows more than Nynaeve and Elaine. Yes. So she's preparing to go in, and she's doing something a little different this time. I didn't catch as I studied the text again exactly why she's choosing to do it this time. But she's not going to use the dream Terangriel ring. She's setting it aside, and she's going to go into Teleron Riyadh. She's going to try, purely of her own volition. Mm -hmm. It's something she's been meaning to try at some point. Since she's a dreamer, she should be capable of it. But no one's taught her this. You know, she just decided, I'm going to give it a shot now. I may have missed if there was an actual, actual reason given. But the impression that I got was it was somewhere between, maybe it's time to try taking off the training wheels. And if you've got this power that can happen and you're not entirely sure how to control when it will or won't happen. And if it does happen when you're not ready and there's a trap and you're dead, that's a problem. So it's like a just like Rand needs to control his channeling. Egwene needs to get a handle on controlling going in and out of Teleron Riyadh. OK, so that's fair enough, except that it seems to be lousy reasoning when she's doing now going into the dream because they need information. And what if it doesn't work? You know, now maybe the plan is if she can't get back in. Well, if it doesn't work, wake her up and use the ring. Right. That, maybe that's the plan. So she has set a limit of one hour and says, wake me up no matter what, when this hour of time goes by. So I guess if she'd failed, she had a nap for an hour, and now she put the ring on and try. Granted, they don't have clocks in here, and we do get a little bit of a back and forth between Egwene and Elaine that shows their different position from where they're from. Elaine commenting about how ridiculous it would be to have a clock in a bedroom. Her mother has apparently 12 of these in the castle, but not in a bedroom. Egwene's very proud of the one that they have in the Wine Spring Inn. It is the only one in town. One. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Turns out when All you're right. a princess, you get more clocks. Yeah. Perhaps a little entitlement, too. But we'll Just talk about that more another time, I think. All right. So, Egwene's purpose in going in is to try to get to Tanchico. Now, that was one of the places to explore. Mazram Taim and that scenario is another place to explore, but they don't know or have any real details on where he might be exactly. Tanchico, they've got a little more possible stuff to work with because here we are. She found a book mm -hmm. all about Tanchico. Very detailed. It's got pictures. Uh, able to use that information to kind of place in her mind somewhere she can try to get to in the dream now it's not photographs they don't have no, photos they yet. don't have pictures right 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 but seems to be a pretty detailed drawing sketch of a specific location in the panarch's palace in tanchico that she's going to use as her target and once she's there you know, confirm she's really there. If it works, then she'll explore and see if she can find any signs of Black sisters being in Tanchico. Now, you said that there, and it's interesting to bring up, we've mentioned it briefly before, but the Panarch. What's a Panarch? Well, that's a good question. And that's one of the things they talk about here now. Uh, we get a little information dropped on us about Tanchico in their conversation. Uh, one is that a Panarch is a ruler 
on the same level as a king. And in fact, Tanjiko has a king and a panarch. Mm -hmm. But it's like there's a little division of labor uh, checks and balances in their power structure in Tanjiko. So the panarch can raise and collect taxes, but has no authority to spend the money. Mm -hmm. The king can authorize spending, but can't raise taxes. So they yep. have to work together for joint goals, or nobody can really get much done. That kind of makes sense. Loosely, I kind of see it as the Panarch making the runnings of day-to-day -day things happen and have this actually still work and not fall apart. And the king could be a big picture. Let's go do this. Let's look at these other things and vision for the Tanchico. They're going to have to cooperate, though. That's the mm -hmm. way the government's designed. Uh, either one having grand plans, you can't really do what you want to do unless the other one's going to go along. It mentions they do both have soldiers. I, I think it's the king controls the bulk of the army, but the Panarch has some personal guard soldiers as well. Yes, and they both have their own palaces. Yes. So here we go. She's focused to get into the dream, focusing on Tanchiko. It notes that, again, her emphasis on trying to do this without the ring is partly because she's the first dreamer the White Tower has had in almost, almost 500 years, and there's mm -hmm. nobody around who can really teach her. So she's got to try these experiments and stumble through on her own. Egwene is going to have her friends there guarding her, watching her while she enters the dream, hoping it works out. And Tanchiko. The other thing we pick up on here is the specific destination she's focused on, which we said already was in the Panarch's Palace, has something kind of unique. Emmeline in Discord pointed out it sounded like a natural history museum to her. Kind of. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. Absolutely. You've got displays around the room. You've got things kind of held off with ropes. I've seen that in museums. You can't go, any, can't go past the rope. You know, don't mm -hmm. get too close. And there's some uh, skeletons on display. And one in particular is focused on in this drawing. And it's a huge animal. Mm -hmm. It's detailed well. And I wanted to ask Zach, you know, from the description of this animal, I'm not going to reread the description, but you could tell what it was, right? Maybe. I, I'm actually going to go a little bit into what it is because without any context, it doesn't seem like she knows what it is. But I have later reasons where I go, if it's what I think it is, maybe she eventually should. It feels, yes, just skeleton, but to me, like kind of like an elephant. I don't know if that's right, but it's definitely, it's big. It's got the eye sockets. She first thinks there's four eye sockets because they're big eye sockets. But then she goes, wait, those are for tusks. Yeah. Am I on the right yeah. track? I think you're spot on. I'm pretty sure okay. we're supposed to see it as an elephant. And this says there are no elephants anywhere Egwene has been able to see. There's no zoos with elephants. This okay. is not an animal that's known to people anymore. You might remember want to remember that. For yeah. the spoiler room. <laughs> <laughs> but Egwene certainly has never seen anything this massive of an animal anywhere in her experience. Now, all right, getting to Teleron Riyadh. She's nervous. Mm -hmm. Now, she's not just nervous about the Black Aja and what she's trying to find. And she's not just nervous about, will I be able to slip in without the ring? Mm -hmm. She's nervous because her dreams have been all screwed up lately. And so Great. dreaming intentionally at all is not a comfortable thing. 
Uh, do you recall some of the things she's been experiencing in her dreams? And, and when I say in her dreams, those are with capital D. You know, as a dreamer, she has these dreams where she senses they do mean something. And she's been having a bunch of really disturbing dreams that seem to mean something, though she doesn't know no. what they mean. Granted, RJ hints that this is a capital D dream. And we are telling you it's capital D dream. But on my first read, I'm sitting here going, okay, is it? Or is this just going to be a long con, huge joke where we give a lot of <laughs> emphasis and like importance to her dreams? And they're just bogus nightmares. Yeah, as a first-time reader, if you have no context, you're exactly right. That's it. You just read through them. Okay, get through all this stuff. I want to get back to the action of the story. We're telling you pay attention to them. They all have real meaning. Emmeline, with us in Discord, is a first-time reader. She does not know the meaning of all of these yet. So pay attention. You probably got some of them already. Because she's farther along than we are. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't have them all. So okay. a couple of these things, we see a uh, Godzilla-sized rand. I love this super giant rand. <laughs> it's destructive. Um, and everyone is running from oh, him look, as they Tokyo. should. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, we see another one with a rand. He's in chains and he's screaming. So somehow a, a captive rand. And then another one with rand here. Rand's got a lot of dream importance here. He's building a wall. He's going very uh, Shrek. This is my swamp. You stay on your half. I thought you were going to go. He's becoming No, Trump. we don't Thank go you for not going there at all. We go fun <laughs> and fantasy. Therefore, I go Shrek. That's much better. Yes. We see Aiel. She's got Aiel in her dreams. Aiel fighting and killing Aiel. But that's not it. She also sees Aiel throwing down their weapons and running away. Aiel never do that. But she sees it in her dreams. Mm -hmm. she, Matt is in her dreams. This one's interesting. Wrestling with a Shanshan woman. Mm -hmm. Now again, Egwene knows the Shanshan. She has her personal experience with the Shanshan. She sees Matt wrestling with a Shanshan woman who has him tied with an invisible leash. Hmm. There's a lot to unpack there. We don't have oh enough my. time. <laughs> anyway. She sees a wolf fighting a man whose face keeps changing. And she senses the wolf is Perrin. So that's one part of a dream she no does understand. She doesn't know what that means. But fighting a man whose face keeps changing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that might be important. <laughs> and then we get some people that we haven't seen a lot in dreams yet. But it's going to be kind of fun. We see Galad wrapping himself all in white. We see Gawain, eyes full of pain and this rage. It's a really uh, tortured look. Yeah, I like the, the Galad wrapping himself in white. That's a good one. And then she sees her mother weeping. And in some ways, that's the most disturbing one of all. Of all. Her mother, back in her home, in the Two Rivers just crying why you know these are things that are really troubling Egwene. um no. they all mean something so something's gonna make her mom cry no one wants their mom to cry i'll be 100 percent honest Egwene's been gone and hasn't given like any word back to her mom in like a year and a half at least at this point and just left in the middle of the night oh you if think I was her mom i'd now? probably be crying too i i 
it seems pretty valid to be like, my Egwene's gone. I haven't learned anything. She may be dead. Some nights she probably cries. That could be really egocentric too. Come on. Oh, my mom's crying. Oh, it must be about me. It's very plausible <laughs> that her mom has cried at least like once a week and then at least once a month for all the time she's been gone. Assuming they had a good relationship, which I, I think they did. I, I think they did, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> though, despite all of her stress, her worries about these dreams and all the stuff of will it work, will it won't, she does manage to fall asleep. And suddenly she's right where she was aiming for. She's standing in this room with this large skeleton in front of her that looks even bigger than in the picture. Now that she's here in the real world, sort of. So she's in Teleron Riyadh. Looking around, she can see, uh, yeah, yeah, it has that feel. She's not just dreaming of the thing she'd picked up. She's in the dream without the Terangriol ring. Yes, she was successful. Granted, she was maybe a little too successful. Her aim was good to get in this room. Not the best, as she was focusing so much on this creature. She's on the wrong side of the rope. She's like nose to nose <laughs> with this creature. She almost Backing trips away. as she backs away. Yeah. yeah. She also notes that, huh, did I do something wrong with the time? Because there's light, like daylight streaming in the windows. And it was night. I mean, she's going and doing this at night. This is the night of the attack we saw in the stone. So, you know, that didn't happen at night. That happened late in the day, but it is now the that following, that the evening of that day. Mm -hmm. And yet there's daylight. Well, Egwene, we got two problems. I posit she's forgetting something. What is she forgetting? One, this is a really big distance east to west. The time might be different. If you're late enough in the night, it might be morning now. There. The sun moves, you know. <laughs> the other side of things is... In Teleran Riyadh, maybe time is a little more wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey. Possible, yes. Remembering geography, I would say, if anything, it's still late in the afternoon or evening in Tanchico. That too. Because for those of you not looking at your map right now, Tanchico would be west of Tyr. So we have a couple sun's of already problems. set in Tyr, sun still may up in um, Tanchico. I believe we know that the sun still works normal because we think this is also still our it's world. It's all a wheel. Kind it's of. the same world. So yeah, the sun doesn't works. change direction. <laughs> the only other problem is RJ doesn't give us distances on the map. That's true and accurate and important because he didn't want to do that. But it also means no. it could be close enough that we don't need a time difference people did pin him down on this though and he gave it's not like swear to it canon but he gave us an approximate that from the spine of the world to the Earth ocean is about the width of the united states that was his intention at which point that four hour time difference would be normal right so she she's here okay few differences oddities but she's here so she then embraces sidar why? Why does why is that her next move? Oh, she's still scared that there's meanies waiting for her. Mm -hmm. To yes. use the term appropriately. And if they spring something on her, she knows firsthand experience that what is done to you here 
is done in the real world, if it's physical harm or even something like being shielded or stilled. <coughs> Amico. <coughs> so she definitely wants to be prepared to hold her, hold off anything that might come at her. Look like you had a thought. Yeah, tangent for just a moment. Oh, please. We do that. Whether for U.S. or non-U.S. listeners, I calculated time difference a little wrong. East Coast, West Coast is a three-hour time difference. My brain, when I do that math, always goes to Alaska time, which is four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you'd mess that up. I wasn't going to correct you, but hey, I kudos figured I to would, you. Because eventually others will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me give you another humorous thing then that we see in the text here. Uh, Egwene realizes she's wearing a bit of a jumbled mess of attire here. Rather like Avienda's Aiel attire as a maiden of the spear, but of finer material and brighter colors. She's like, huh, she hadn't intentionally done that. That's just what she appeared in the dream dressed as. So now she gives some specific attention to this and shifts her clothing all to browns and grays. So it looks like what Avienda actually would wear. Mm -hmm. And we're reminded by this that your attire in the dream can be whatever you want it to be. You can change your, just with thought, you know, change what you're wearing. She's at least gotten that much understanding of what you can do as a dreamer in the world of dreams. Yeah, it takes her stopping and thinking about it and if she lets her mind wander, there's some wibbly wobbliness there. But I really like that term today. Oh, we're going to get to that in a second now. <laughs> because as she's changed into this attire, then she's like, wait a second. I'm in a city. This really won't let me blend in. You know, if, if anyone sees me looking like this, they're going to know I don't fit here. It's going to catch people's attention. That's the last thing I want. So then she shifts her clothing more to like Fayil wears. Uh, divided skirt, still mm -hmm. very good for mobility, but a little more appropriate for a lady. But then she realizes that's dumb because she's in yeah. Teleron Riyadh and no one's going to see her here unless it was someone like Amini who already would be like, you're sticking out and I'm going to mess with you. So it right. wouldn't matter if she was naked. And then she and is then naked. She is naked. Just thinking that her clothes disappear. She's like, ah! <laughs> With a start, she instantly focuses to let Fayol clothes come back. It's like that. I, I don't want to walk around stark naked. Thank you very much. There's enough of that in other parts of this series. We'll get to that. So now she's clothed again and just shaking her head at the fact that, yeah, got to be careful what I think of when I'm here because thoughts have power. She wished she understood how to control that. She's sure there must be a way. But again, no one's been able to teach her that. Mm -hmm. She hasn't found anyone who has more capabilities here than she herself has stumbled into. So that's kind of a problem. It's not trial and error. It's trial by error. Yeah, and error and error and error. But okay, we're in this museum. So now let's look around a little more detail. See what we can see. And the book describes the room she's in uh, really like a museum. The, the actual words are a grand display of artifacts of ages long past, of the age of legends and ages before, open to all, even the common folk. So there's all sorts of stuff here on display with everybody welcome to come and see it, exactly as a museum. 
The museum here is known to hold treasured items made of Quendiar. Remind us of what Quendiar is, Zach. Quendiar is Heartstone, the super durable, unbreakable thing from the Age of Legends that many things could have been made of. However, the making of Quendiar is something that has been lost. Notably, we know of one specific thing that was made of Quendiar, and that's the seals on the Dark One's prison. That's right. That look like this, unless it's a TV show when it looks like this. Massive. I mean, it's debatable. They could be like this. They could be almost dinner plate size. <laughs> the other things that she's looking around at are interesting. Uh, Emmeline in Discord points out that there are other skeletons that aren't labeled, but you can they're described for us. And one of them, as she says, is clearly a, a giraffe. I mean, it, there's no giraffes, apparently. Egwene does not know what this thing is. But look at that long neck and four legs. It's a giraffe. There's another one that's described. Did mm -hmm. you catch that one, Zach? Did it strike you as anything? If I remember right, there was like a someone with really long teeth. Kind of made me go like Sabretooth Tiger vibes or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what I sensed too. Which ties in well that, you know, things from the Age of Legends and even before, you know, this might be one that's far more ancient. And that's what she gets off of these things. She gets a sense, and the sense being Teleron Riyadi thing, I think, that uh, all of these are immensely old items. Other things of note, she she sees an item that's giving off an aura of power, mm -hmm. and she can tell, that's an Angreal. Mm-hmm. Huh. Why doesn't the White Tower have that? It's like, well, the White Tower apparently doesn't know everything, because they would have it if they knew it was there. Probably. Another thing is a finely jointed collar with two bracelets of black metal. And she senses old, sharp pain associated with those. I'm just going to loosely say, remember these items. Some of them are very yes. important to remember. Yes. There is so much spoiler room content that we're going through here. It's like we're going to have a hard time picking what we want to full spoil later. Mm-hmm. Then this one. This one's great. I want to dig into this one. A silvery thing like a three-pointed star inside a circle made of no substance she knew, softer than metal, scratched and gouged, yet even older than the ancient bones from which she senses pride and vanity. Does that mean anything to you, Zach? Hold on. I have to... I'm still stuck at a three-pointed star. Are you talking about a triangle? A three point? What is a three pointed star? It's a good question. <laughs> what could that possibly be? I decided to prepare for this. Do you have a picture of something that you think it is? <laughs> I do. I do. And I'm going to, I have to say, oops, I didn't preload it into our settings here. So I have to do just a, a moment here to get my screen ready, pull it up. It's going to be small because I'm doing this fast. But here it comes. There's your three-pointed star, Zach. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Gotcha. Nice, that is, huh? That is a three-pointed star within a circle. A pride, is sense pride of pride and vanity. and vanity. Yeah, it's the Mercedes-Benz logo. I mean, that was awesome. <laughs> that works out. 
and far older than other things because it's not from the Age of Legends. This is one of those signs we get that most people figure RJ was referencing our age as the one before the Age of Legends. Or at least one of the ones before. Yes. Yeah. So that's rich. That's a good drop. And again, you know, if people hadn't figured that out when they were reading, well, you're welcome. But that one was just too fun not to throw in what we <laughs> sense. I, I love that. Okay, one more thing Egwene sees. The upper half of a broken figure carved from some shiny white stone holding a crystal sphere in one upraised hand, seemingly unable to help herself. Like she's drawn to this. She crosses over and she picks it up and instantly feels the power surge within her, then into the figure, then back into her, then into the figures, and this feedback loop, and it's very painful, and ah, and she drops it, and it shatters on the ground. Is it just too much of a spoiler to say what I'm pretty sure this is? No, I don't think so. I think you should remind us of what you think this is. Yeah, this is apparently only half of, but half of an access key to the female Choden Call. Yes. The, one of the most powerful Sa'angriol in the world. See, we've seen something like this before in The Great Hunt, where Rand saw a big, massive statue, very similar in description to this, being unburied. And that it uh, it it had some, some purpose, something to do with the power and all. This is like a miniature now that... Uh, clearly has some connection to the power, maybe to that the same big thing. We also know there was a second one, we were told, on the, the island, island of Tremalking, of, of, of the sea folk. And so, yeah, there's a logical conclusion that this is some power thing, too, that is connected to the big ones. That makes sense. Otherwise, why would it have done something like that to her? That being said, we get some weird dream logic here. As she drops it, it shatters. She's like, ah, looks away and kind of looks back. And it's fine. And it's on the shelf. I don't know. How can it be back on the shelf when it just broke? Dream logic. It didn't. Explain. Well, it did. And it didn't. Just because it did here didn't mean it did actually. And if here is a reflection of the actually, then, well, maybe it's back to a reflection of the actually if you aren't remembering and keeping in mind that it is broken here <laughs> gotcha and yeah it's easier I, I, to just I, say I, dream logic it probably was <laughs> and we should have stopped right there <laughs> okay this is all fine and interesting but none of this says anything about her purpose here are the black aja here we don't know so she's gonna have to get out of this museum room because this is not a whole building that's a museum. It's this one big hall she's in is a museum. She's got to get out of this room, get out of the palace, get outside so she can start searching for signs. So she does that. And on her way out of the palace, she sees a man briefly show up and then disappear, which is a reminder of what? I mean, when someone just appears and disappears, what's going on, Zach? They're accidentally dreaming themselves into Telemann Riyadh. Just for a moment. They don't have any specific talent for it. They can't really do this, but it happens to just be there and be not. And yes. when you wake up, you might remember it was a weird flicker of a dream, but like, I don't know. Yes. Anybody can appear in Teleron Riyadh, not by intention, 
it can just happen the danger though is still even if you're just having a regular dream and you flicker into it if something happens to you during that moment it's still going to be real thus the theory that sometimes when people die in their sleep it's because they ended up in Teleron Riyadh and something happened <clears throat> and they died and thus in the real world never wake up again so there goes our happy peaceful thought that people who die in their sleep had nice peaceful deaths instead we're saying it was something traumatic in the world of dreams thanks they dad. were stumple stomped on top of by olifants that don't exist anymore i don't want to believe that yeah. <laughs> all right Egwene makes it outside the palace and she's at a loss the city she's looking at now is massive huge where to begin how to find if there are actually black aja here in tanchico She's like, if only I knew how to use the world of dreams. I mean, all I can think of right now is start walking around. I mean, what? Now, her thoughts then go to the ideal wise ones. Because Avienda has mentioned to her in their conversations that they seem to know something of dreaming. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, perhaps an, a wise one would be able to teach her. Maybe they have some to actually do use the dream and tell around Riyadh. So, but when she asked Avienda a little further about that, she clammed up. She would not talk anymore about the wise ones. So that's kind of a dead end. And because Avienda was sensitive about it, she didn't feel like asking any of the other, uh, any other Aiel either. It's like, I, I just won't bring it up. Now, on the good, bad side of that, Egwene, in her inexperience, goes on a tangent like we do and ends up somewhere else. That's right. So she's thinking of Aiel. She takes a step and she's in the Aiel waste. Boom. Whoa. Heat everywhere. Sweat popping out of all of her pores. What a waste of water. She sees rock formations and desert landscape. And in front of her, she sees a lion. She's never seen a lion before, but she's heard descriptions of what a lion is. And in front of her, that's a lion. Now, it's not looking at her. It seems to be stalking towards another creature that looks like a wild boar. But she does know what a wild boar looks like, and that's not really a wild boar. The description is given as a little off. I read the description, and I went, well, sure, it's Pumbaa. No. You're saying it's a warthog. It wasn't a warthog either, because then I looked at pictures of warthogs and went, no, it's not a warthog. <laughs> but it's probably closer to a warthog than it is. Okay. It's closer to Pumbaa than it is Babe. Okay? It's so, probably somewhere in the hog family, but like, what? Uh, go to a different podcast that dives a little deeper into that, and they'll probably have a better answer for you. <laughs> so she sees the lion. She sees the boar. But she sees something else. Or I should say someone else. Because <clears throat> also, going in a hunt, moving forward perhaps for the kill... She sees a maiden of the spear, an Aiel woman out there, got her spear ready to go in for an attack. And she's like, whoa, what the? And how did I get here? And oh, man. And she do it does dawn on her. I got here because I was thinking of the Aiel and the waste and boom, yep. I moved here. And I know that's how this works. I got to cut that out. Problem is, as soon as she noticed that Aiel maiden 
the maiden senses something and looks up and looks right at Egwene. It's like, oh, oh no. Crap. So Egwene closes her eyes, thinks Tanchico, 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 and There's opens no them again. Like Tanchico. And she's staring uh, a bony elephant in the face again. She's it right works. back where she was. Yes. Whew. So chastising herself for letting her thoughts wander like that, Egwene mm -hmm. returns to the outside of the palace and begins her search. And the time is ticking. I mean, what is she thinking about? She's getting a little nervous about the time now. Why? Yeah. She told Elaine and Nynaeve, don't let me go past an hour. They weren't watching a clock, but they were watching a candle, which has been burning and is still burning and going down. So at some point here, she's going to get woken up. And if she hasn't found anything, she's just wasted that time, found nothing, and probably not going to try again tonight. Right. So start searching. She's walking around through the city looking for any signs of black ajainess. <laughs> sure. She's not seeing anything that screams, oh yeah, black aja. Oh look, Leandrin wrote a sign. Leandrin was here. You mean they don't put up a big sign? Yeah, it's like black dark friends welcome. Nothing like that. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. But she does see a bunch of things that puzzle her related to just Teleron Riyadh. Ah. Things she wishes she had an explanation for. Like what? Well, I don't know, you know, things looking a little flickery at times, the way people will just show up and disappear again. I mean, one guy comes, just appears plummeting out of the air and then disappears before he hits the ground. It's like, oh, that's weird. Well, there's a certain- How things will move. Like she funky. looks in, you know, she looks inside a, a building and mm -hmm. sees furniture a certain way, and then she goes out, and then she goes back to double-check something, and the furniture's moved. Mm. You know, she doesn't understand why these things happen. Why do not? Why do some things stay permanent, and others seem to change every time you turn around? It's enough to puzzle her, and again, for just a moment, make her think, you know, maybe a wise one would know what, why, how this works at all, and bam, she's and back in the freaking waste again. Pretty much the same place she'd tumbled into before, except now the boar creature is charging right at her. She's like, ah! <laughs> Steps back, falls, flat on her butt. The boar just jumps over her and keeps on running, disappears into the rocks. Now, the boar wasn't attacking. The boar no. was getting away. Yes. Why? Well, behind the boar, there's our maiden for the maiden the spear again. You know, ready to get the boar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And now I guess ready to get Egwene. <laughs> As Emmeline said, getting away from the scary lady. That, that was pretty good. Well, she missed the boar, but she's still got a spear. Egwene's still there. Sticking with the pointy end. That's exactly what Egwene is seeing. Oh, uh, oops. Okay, I, maybe I should do something here to uh, de-escalate the situation. Because, you know, if I just close my eyes and try to, you know, no place like home, no place like Tanchico. I'll get stabbed. Yeah, I might. Yeah. So, all right. I got this. I'm a very confident woman, Egwene says to herself. And she changes herself into Aiel garb again. Makes herself dressed just like Avienda, just like this maiden. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm no threat. I'm not here to cause any harm. Peace to your home. I'm making up words here, but she's trying to, you know, put her at ease and show I I mean you no harm. 
unfortunately, Egwene, for as much as she has now been spending a little bit of time around Avienta and other Aiel, doesn't know the first thing about Aiel. No, because that that triggers the Aiel woman. Said, you have no right to wear cat and sore, girl, and suddenly Egwene's naked. Again? Again! Twice in the same chapter! Robert Jordan, what are you doing? Anyways. Basically, somehow, this woman made Egwene's clothes disappear. Now, Egwene is shocked. She had no idea someone could manipulate her in such a way. I mean, what? I mean, she knew she could control mm -hmm. how she appears, but someone else did it to her. But even as she's amazed by that, she instantly does the same thing to the maiden. Yeah, it's like, well, if that's possible, then I, I could probably do it too. And the maiden is shocked to find herself naked, drops her spear, and during that moment of, whoa, what the... Egwene closes her eyes, licks her heels, wishes herself to Tanchico, and there she is. Whew. Back safe and sound amongst the dusty, musty things. An odd note here, as she's back there in Tanchico, she's... <laughs> Sorry, laughing at Discord. Whew, they broke thank goodness you. that is over. <laughs> she thinks to herself, just as she was closing her eyes to wish herself back to Tanchico, she'd seen someone behind the maiden. Mm -hmm. A figure who she'd swear looked like Birgitta Silverbow, straight out of the legends. Golden-haired, braided woman holding a silver bow. And she's like, did I really see that? I couldn't have seen that. Uh, clearly a mistake. Brigitta Silverbow is a, a hero of the horn. She wouldn't be hanging out in Teleron Riyadh. She's dead. She won't come back until the Horn of Valir calls her from the grave. So that had to have been just some confusing nonsense. Now, granted, goes from stories to without like accurate pictures. Probably means you don't have a good picture of Brigitte Silverbow. I want to pause it and ask you. Egwene was around when the horn was last blown, when Brigitte probably would have shown up. She was. What are the chances she maybe saw someone who presumably was Brigitte Silverbow? Now, we don't have to be too stupid here. We can be too stupid for Egwene, but we don't have to yeah. be too stupid to our listeners here because, yeah, Brigitte Silverbow was totally in Falme. She was one of the heroes that responded. Did Egwene see her? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's questionable. Egwene and Nynaeve were on a ship ducking out of town. Or and we no, got that's what they wanted to do. They didn't make no. it to the ship. We got descriptions of a like silver bowed individual shooting out at some ships. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who was giving that description. But I think it was no. I don't think it was Egwene that's written as having seen that. I think it was Elaine that actually saw that. And that's what I don't remember. So I might have to go back and check. So this is a good question. Does Egwene realize Brigitte or Brigitte, depending which way you want to say it, was there at Falme? We don't know. Did she see her? And There's a good chance she if didn't. If she does, would she be able to recognize her? Did she see her kind of thing? That's what I want to know. Egwene definitely wasn't with the group when the horn was blown. Mm -hmm. She was a demone. She was trapped, you know. So, yeah, she probably didn't see her anyways. Still, even if she heard later she had been at Falme, she's still a hero of the horn who's in the grave until called. So, 
she shakes off. There's no way that could have been what I saw in the dream. Anyway, back to Tanchiko. Exactly what Egwene did. Back to Tanchiko. Now she's starting to stress because tick, tick, tick. Okay. Or I don't have a candle to point at, but time's running out. She knows she doesn't have much time. She gets back out of the castle again. And she's like, I've got to find some real information here. But how can I cover ground? This city is massive. And then she sees something almost providential. She sees a woman who's appeared in the dream over by a group of pigeons. And the pigeons take off. And the woman follows the pigeons. She just takes off into the air and flies with the pigeons. And Egwene's like, it's a dream. She's doing it. I should be able to fly if I envision I want to fly. She thinks, I've flown in dreams. I've had that kind of dream. Who hasn't had that kind of dream? Have you ever flown into dreams, Zach? Uh, I don't actually remember like any of my dreams. Any? Yep. Seriously? I'm confident I do because it's like a necessary process for your brain to process information. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you dream. memory you would be remember? a problem. And No. When I wake up, I the last thing I remember is going to sleep. And I it is a gap of time that is just blank. It is black emptiness. I don't remember. Dude, dreams. there may be something wrong with you. <laughs> I'm uh, I don't like I everybody don't know remembers of some of their dreams who is quite like this. The only dreams I ever will occasionally remember or when I'm not actually asleep and it's more of a daydream. I just kind of like have that. I'm aware of being awake still, but I can't really move my body yet. Those are the kind of dreams I can sometimes remember occasionally. But that's it. I have dreams I had years ago. I still remember that were just particularly entertaining or good ones. And we're not that kind of podcast. I'm not talking about those sort of dreams. Okay. But just some interesting, weird ones that have happened that I'm like, no, they were cool. And I still, I have dreams no. all the time where I remember some of them. The yeah. weird thing is I have a decent imagination. I think I, I come up with a lot of things. None of it really can come from dreams. Cause I don't remember them. Very strange. There you got it. Fantasy for the ages fans, Zach, he's weird. But if you also never remember your dreams, you can respond with a I'm on team Zach, or you can respond with, yes, Zach is weird. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. Exactly. By the way, Discord, Emmelyn has come through for us to clarify that it was Min who actually saw Birgitte or Birgitta out there at Falme, out there on the water attacking the ships. That that was a Min moment. So Thank you very much. Chapter 48. She even gave the quote. Thank you very much. You saved me a lot of uh, agonizing for the next yeah. couple of minutes to hours that I was going to be doing. Yeah. Hey, face it. Our Discordians are awesome. So oh, there yeah, she came absolutely. Through. Speaking of, I still believe we have coined the term Discordian, but I saw a different fantasy podcast group use that phrase uh, just this past week and kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We should call ourselves that. I'm like, we've been using that for months, guys. Have you been listening to our podcast? <laughs> is that not... Did we come up... I didn't think we came up with that. Discordian is not a thing. Is it not? No, I made no. that up. That's ours. That's another one I got to put the TM after. Discordians. <laughs> <laughs> what were we talking about? Flying. You're flying. So Egwene, she decides... I can do that. That's how I'll cover the city. And up, up and away. Egwene starts flying over Tanchico. 
Now, she's only flown for a few moments, and when she's like, I'm actually flying. Wait a second. People can't fly. And she starts to wobble like she's going to fall. And then stop that. I am flying. It's a dream. Doggone it. And she gets more confident again. And she's soaring through the air. It's working. It's working. It's working. What's that from? I couldn't place it. I know what it is. I can't place it. The sad thing is neither can I at the moment. (laughs) I know it. I can see it. And I can't remember what movie that's from. I bet if I put it in the Discord meme thing, it'll tell me. It'll come back with the exact picture. Yes! It's from The Phantom Menace. Anakin in his pod racer thing. It's working! It's working! That was it. There it is. Boom. I just quoted The Phantom Menace on our podcast. We just went down a few notches in quality. I'm sorry. Uh, It's okay. You didn't didn't quote uh, the... (laughs) rise of skywalker or something so you're good (laughs) all right so she's soaring over tanchico looking for black aja signs doesn't see any again but then doggone it thinks to herself okay i started out wanted to keep a low profile and now i am freaking flying all over the city probably not a good thing to keep a low profile anymore if the black aja are here they're looking up going well look at that Egwene Elvira's here huh let's go say hi with some bellfire mm. so she decides to take it down a notch literally she goes down below the rooftops so now she's flying through the city still covering ground quickly but just a little, you know, now it's like Top Gun. They've gone into the canyons, okay? Mm. She's down in between, going down the streets, still covering more ground than she could if she was walking, but working through the structures. And then she sees someone in front of her. It's not Black Asha. Oh, that's good. Whew. But it is somebody who, oh, another person appeared in the dream. I maybe should avoid that person, except the person looks right at her and says, stop that. Hard enough to find you without you flitting all over the place. Get on the ground. Okay, maybe that part's less good. What's up? She realizes this is the Aeol Maiden. Not dressed like a maiden anymore. Mm -hmm. She's dressed in other kinds of clothes, but she realizes this person followed me Mm. and apparently wants to talk to me. And we discover this is a wise one. Ah. You know, she'd been thinking of wise ones and help, and ta-da, it's a wise one. Apparently a wise one who can handle the dream, who knows Teleron Riyadh, and looks at her and says, okay, you don't know what you're doing here, and this is very, very dangerous, and you need to stop it. That's basically the crux of the initial part of the conversation. Yeah. Now, the things we learn through this is this woman's name is Amis. She is Aiel. She mm-hmm. is of the Nine Valley Sept of the Tardad, Aiel. And since she introduces herself, Egwene introduces herself as and an Aes Sedai. <laughs> yeah. Of the Green Asha. Amis tells Egwene that Teleron Riyadh is very dangerous. You, you need to learn what you're doing if you're going to be here. How to be a dream walker properly. So Egwene asks for help. Specifically, she's like, I, I, yeah, I know, I know stuff is dangerous and hard and things can happen here, but the Black Aja, I think they're here in Tanchico. So I'm, I'm taking the chance to use the dream to find out if they are really here. And we learn, oh, you know, 
The Aiel have a term for the the Black Aja called Shadow Runners. I think it's wild to me that the Aiel have a term for something that the tower adamantly denies exists. Might tell you something about the Aiel, that they don't deny truths. They confront truths. Anyway. Anyway. Basically, Egwene wants Amis' help. And Amis says, okay, this place you're at, I don't even know where we are. And she's like, it's Tanjiko. Oh, okay, Tanjiko, wherever Tanjiko is. I don't, I don't know stuff is, about that. The vibes are bad. This place this is sucks. not. Okay. This is not currently where you want a beach party. I feel bad stuff. Evil. And I'm getting out of here. Sorry, what was that? Can you say that again? Evil. I just, I just needed that in the record twice. You got it. And you should go away from this place too. This is not a cool place. In fact, I want you to come to me. Okay. She is aware, Amis is aware, that the Aes Sedai have not had people who do this dream world thing for like a long time. She's heard the Aes Sedai used to come to the dream world, but not for a long time. So she's like, you should come visit me. I will teach you about these things. I will help you learn how to be here in the world of dreams. She's like, look, I know the waste is dangerous, but if you give your name who you are to any Aiel, like, I'm sure I, I can pass word around. They will take you to Cold Rock's Hold in the Threefold Land. I'll see you there. That's right. Ask for a Mies. I'm the only one. She notes, I'm not there right now. I'm in Ruidian, but I will have returned by the time you can get to Cold Rock's Hold. Now, as a note, we are going to say Ruidian because we like it. That's this is one we know there are multiple pronunciations. I believe the correct is like Rudian or Rudion no, or something. No, no, the correct is Ruidian. We looked it up for the pronunciation guide, and we that did. was not what it was. And it was Ruidian. No, it wasn't because this was one of the words I'm pretty sure we had in our spelling thing that might be a Patreon only episode. I don't remember. Mm. Well, we did a Twitter poll way back then and asked what people thought. And Ruidian was the hands down winner. Yeah. So they're Whether with us. Whether or not it is correct, it is the best. And we will be saying it that way. Now, if you are a fan of the Audible books by Michael Kramer and Kate Redding, they say Ruidine. And I cringe every freaking time. Ruidine? No! <laughs> but Ruidian is our official canon for Fantasy for the Ages. Yes. Now... You made a made a you know a bit about the name. Where yeah. have we heard of Ruidian before, Zach? It have we has come up before. Actually, heard of it so far? We have, we have. I'm gonna need help to not spoil things because. And, and I want to. I I'm will. Gonna, I'm gonna, again behind the curtain for our people. We have notes we reference during this stuff, and I always have in bold where I'm gonna specifically toss a question to Zach, so he knows it's coming. And sometimes I even give him little cheat notes of, you know, what I think the answer is. He can still say whatever he wants, but I put some stuff. For... This I've one, got nothing I gave on this him one. nothing. I gave and him nothing. I I'm threw terrified. him to the world. I'm terrified to answer this question because I know I will answer with information that we don't have yet. Yeah, he's already spoiled something in this episode. I'm not mentioning what in case you missed it, but Thank he you. did already spoil something. Uh, Discord is roasted. I only for get it, so. one bad one per episode. Okay, you can't let me do more than one. 
this is part of the fun of this podcast. He and I know this whole series, and we have to try to play stupid for all of you and not blow it. And yeah, we were playing, dancing on the edge, standing outside so, the fire. Now that Anyways. we've enjoyed my suffering for long enough, <laughs> where have we heard it so far? Okay. It was in The Dragon Reborn. Yep. In that last chapter. Okay. Where they're talking in the room before the, the note Lanfear comes. And when Matt asks Ruark, it's as the two of them leave the room, actually. Why don't, you know, you guys don't treat Rand the same way everybody else is doing. Why is that? Is it a comment you about know, things that he who comes with the Don would need to do or something? Uh-huh. And he said, you know, yes, we think he may be he who comes with the Don, but there's more he has to do. He would have to go to Ruidian and things happen there. That's where it's mentioned. Okay. Yeah, I was not pulling that out. It's also mentioned in The Great Hunt in a reference to wise ones, but they have to go there to do the something of where it is. So it's been mentioned a couple of times already, but without a lot of details. Hint, hint, we're going to get details. It's coming. Be patient. I think they got that from me agonizing about not telling too much. <laughs> okay. Then the conversation comes to an abrupt end as does the chapter because Egwene is snatched out of the dream. She's like, she's having this moment with Amis and she gets sucked out because her hour's up and the girls wake her up. End of chapter 11. Now it's chapter 12. The hour is up. Mm -hmm. And she's surrounded by Elaine, Avienda, and Nynaeve looking very relieved because, because they had had to shake her really, really hard. She wouldn't wake up. The hour's been up for like five minutes and they've been trying pretty much everything they can to wake Egwene and she Happener, just wasn't. They were getting ready to get the ice water. It was it was bad, yeah. Notably, they were getting ready to get the ice water. Yes, they didn't right. get yes. it yet. They thought about getting the whipped cream. You know that one, right? The tickle. Shaving cream, probably. Yeah, yeah. Egwene shares her meeting with Amice. Turns out, Avienda knows her. So there's confirmation. This is really an important person. This is a wise one. And yes, she's at Cold Rock's Hold. And Aviander knows her because she has reason to visit at times as her sister mother is sister wife to Amis. So just to break that down, for my sake and for Egwene, Elaine, and Nynaeve who go what? Sister mother, aunt? Yes, I believe that is how that was. That break one out. I don't think gets explained. Sister wife does. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of these terms in the Aiel culture that are a little different from what we're used to. So actually, they take some time here to break break down because Egwene's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> with this one. So okay, let, let's lay it out. What we learn here with clarity. First sisters. That means. Yes. Girls that have the women who have the same mother are first sisters. However, there is a way you can become first sisters. Something to do with a pledge you make before the wise ones. It feels a lot like a wedding ceremony of sorts in the sense that it is a bound oath that is said in front of official people. And this is like your closest person. You protect them in all things and you share a closer bond than any other person. Yes. 
but it's something you choose to do. It's not that you become like adopted, not like no. that. You know, you make a commitment, a choice to it. By the way, first time readers, that particular one that you can become a first sister is important. Please remember that. Then there's something called second sisters. And that meant your mothers were sisters. So, you know, for us, that means cousins. your cousins, second sisters. Now, father sisters means your fathers were brothers. But that's not nearly as important as being connected because of the mothers. This is a matriarchal society. Yes, matriarch. Ultimately, when it comes to important, the sister relationships are more important. Mother-daughter relationships are more important. Anything to do at all with the maternal line is more important. Honestly, there is a lot in the entire Wheel of Time universe that is female-centric. A lot of the power is tied to the women. Yes, there are some powerful men, but there's a lot of the power tied to women, which makes sense because men broke the world. And so as it recreated, Oops. women were the safe ones. <laughs> women were the ones to go to who are about stability and nurture and care and can fix stuff. Kind of makes sense. Okay, so sister wife. This is the one where they're all like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. What are we talking about? So a sister wife means you have the same husband. But not like you're Mormon and you have multiple wives. You know, polygamy was a thing in the United States for many years back in the 1800s. That's not what we're talking about. Now, because I mean, it is, is a, but it isn't. It's not because it's matriarchal. So the women are the ones driving things. Yes. And Avienda is actually surprised that they're shocked at this. It's like, what, you, you don't do this here? So women can decide that they are, you know, first sisters, they are close and all. And, and then if a man is interested in one of them, well, that's fine. But he can't marry one of them. He'd have to marry both of them because they're a thing, okay? They are sister wives, you know, in that sense. They were first sisters. If you want to marry, you're going to have us. Not her, not her, us. And the women are the one, the women are the ones who even decide about marriage. A guy can't propose. No. A guy can show he's interested and can, you know, do things and show off and give compliments and whatever. But it's the woman who has to say, hey, you wanna? Let's do this thing. It's kind of interesting. It reminds me of like birds, actually. And a lot of <laughs> birds. If you look at a lot of birds, when you get different plumage and fanciness, it's the men that are more flamboyantly fancy in their colors, their calls. It's all to show off and attract a female. Because for mating purposes, she gets to decide. That's true. We got a great picture on Discord for that. That's nice. Some things that happen on Discord during these live recordings, we can't replicate or even explain. You just got to join us. So find us on Patreon. Drop us a simple dollar a month even, and you can be part of the live recordings and all that hilarious goodness. So, sister-wise, Egwene, Elaine, they can't even wrap their minds around this, that you would choose to share a man. Even though it's your choice, that you would do that? What? And Elaine, in particular, is blushing. Because she's picturing the possibility of sharing... She's picturing doing it. Sharing Rand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, it does feel pragmatic, but in a meaningful way. 
simply saying, you pledged this person to be your first sister. Nothing will come between you. And so not even a man is more important than the bond that you two share. I think that's really cool. These, uh, these wetlanders don't understand it. Avienda looks at the girls and go, you know, you two clearly are like first sisters. What if, Egwene, you hadn't been willing to step aside and let Elaine have Rand? And again, what they did, that manipulation of Rand, made perfect sense to Avienda. Because women are in charge. That's how it works. Even though this was not how it necessarily works in the wet, the wetlands. That made perfect sense to her. But, you know, it also would have made perfect sense if Egwene and Elaine had chosen to share him. No problem. A man definitely should not come between the unity of two women. <laughs> and there's a moment where Elaine, as she's picturing, you know, oh, if I have to share Rand with someone. Oh, well, if it's Bear Elaine, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> Maybe we'll go, <laughs> go back and revisit that whole uh, challenging with knives thing. <laughs> okay, we get one more dose of IO culture dropped here. As I said, apparently women are the ones who popped the question. We're going to learn more about that, which is why I just wanted to make sure that really holds on. There's going to be multiple ways in the series where that becomes relevant and significant. So keep that in mind. Women are the one who control in the IO culture, the ones who control the marriage relationship, as well as who you have to marry. You can't, mm -hmm. guy can't just, oh, I just want you. No, you got her too yeah it's gonna be big it's gonna be fun you're gonna love it it's a ride okay despite the, that fact we've got another person in this room who's tired of this conversation what? she's like come on can we move on to something that's really relevant now and part of that i think is because she's thinking of lan and her desire for a relationship that she can't even do anything about because he will not make her a widow. He deserves, yeah. she deserves more, yada, yada, yada. So Marriage talk is just kind of like repeatedly stabbing Nynaeve with a needle. It's not going to kill her, but it's going to hurt over and over and over. In the eye, in the eye, yeah. Ooh, yeah it hurts. Why'd you have to go that dark with it? <laughs> is that a grimdark book, Dad? It's painful. Okay. Yeah, but now you've just traumatized all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they have to imagine that now. E -e -e. Okay. No. <laughs> Just making this it worse. Long Island right. talking, and I'm okay with it. But also, mm. I'm I'm not. I'm only You're halfway. Only halfway. <laughs> so let's get back to <laughs> Discord. Nice <laughs> meme. That's great. We okay. broke him. <laughs> let's get back Nynaeve says let's get back to Tanchico this is what it was all about what the heck did you find she's like yeah nothing nothing inclusive I I, I learned from Amice that there's wrongness which is honestly that's a pretty good something that means you know probably but also there's a lot of evil out there maybe there's just like a forsaken there who knows yeah it could be Black Aja, could be Forsaken, could be Politics. plumbing backing up, and it stinks bad. It really can't peg what it truly is. She asks Egwene, asks Avienda, so Amice, you know, can we rely on her sense of badness? And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, 
She's like about the most powerful dreamwalker we have amongst the Aiel. If she says something evil's in, in Tanchico and she wants nothing to do with it. Something's evil in Tanchico. Not only is she a powerful wise one, she also was a maiden of the spear before she became a wise one. Mm-hmm. She's courageous. She's powerful. And she wants nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's bad news. So clearly that's where they should go, right? (laughs) This gives us the revelation, though, that yes, Amis is the kind of person that could teach Egwene what she needs to know about Teleron Riyadh. When Avienda says she invited you to go learn, you need to go, girl. That's that's legit. That's the real deal. Go Mm -hmm. learn. Now, humorously, as you just said, okay, they're going to resolve. What do we do then? So Egwene is going to find a way to get out there to the I.O. way. She's like, Avienda, you can show me how to get to Cold Rock's Hold. Take me there. Let's go. I'll learn. But Nynaeve and Elaine are like, so we'll go check out Tanchico. Seems like a bad place. So, of course, we'll go there. And before they can get any solid, yes, this is exactly what we're doing, cue Moraine. Yeah, Moraine is gifted at this. Just walk on into a conversation again. Like, I know she wasn't, but I feel like she was just listening at the door for an inconvenient (laughs) time to walk in. Yeah. And so she does. She bursts in and she says, so, by the way, Joya and Amiko are dead. And nastily so. Ooh. Ew. They're not just dead. They're very, very dead. Mm-hmm. So they were apparently killed during the attack. And so the girls were like, so the attack was to kill them? It's like, well, maybe. Maybe that was part of it. Clearly it was a, a sub It definitely happened during it. Yeah. Now, the Trollocs and Merdral didn't barge the prison and, and kill the women because guards remained on duty throughout the attack to make sure, you know, no one can get to the, the Black Aja sisters. And they never saw a thing. No one came down and yet there. Somehow, someone somehow got there, ripped out their tongues, slit their throats, and nailed the tongues to the walls. Now, I didn't picture it that way. I pictured it worse. See, I was being kind about this because if our listeners have read the books, they know we don't go have to go into the gory details of every. I think we do. This is so disturbing. I think we do. So yes, their tongues are nailed to the wall. Yes, their throats are slit. But I'm pretty sure their tongues are still attached to their bodies. So, ugh. Oh, I didn't think... I assumed not so, because if that were the case... This is just me being, like, in my brain. If you nail a tongue to the wall and have whole bodies dead weight pulling it down, it's going to rip out. Not the tongue is going to rip out. The nail is going to rip through the tongue, probably. Yeah, um, I don't know. but I don't think it stays up on that wall without being out of the body. I'm picturing being alive as someone nails your tongue to a door. And I'm like, this is torture. This is horrible. This is law. The point is, they faced miserable death, which is where you probably would have preferred I just went to right away. Anyways, probably. Yes. But nobody knows how. And Moraine said, yeah, there are more things of the shadow than just Trollocs and Mertral and Grey Men. So something else was involved here. But why were they killed? Uh, you know, the girls are like, so they told us the truth? And well, and so no one did, wanted us to know these things? And you, exactly like you said. Zach. Maybe well, they told you the truth. 
maybe they didn't and they wanted to make sure that they didn't tell you anything, kind of keep them quiet. Or, and Lane offers this option, maybe they were killed to make you think that they told you the truth and keep you from telling anything else. Maybe they know that you know that they know that you know they know, you know? And so they're messing with you. And a final thing that's thrown out there is they may have been killed just for being incompetent. Basically, you were captured, so now you die. You should not have been mm -hmm. captured in the first place. Our country folk think that that's horrible and can't imagine why anyone would do that. And anyone who's seen more of the world goes, yeah, no, I can, I see it. Yeah. It's bad. I see it. Now, only one of the possibilities for their death would indicate the shadow knows that Joya and Amiko had said anything at all. So really, this is not conclusive. This is not, their death does not confirm that they were telling the truth at all. But Moraine says, okay, the women are dead. Obviously, you get no more information. You have to decide what you're going to do based on what you know now. So Nynaeve, Egwene, Elaine, they roll out their plan. Mm -hmm. All right, Nynaeve and Elaine are going to Tanchico. We believe there's validity there. We're going to go check it out. They don't tell Moraine anything about Teleron Riyadh. They just, we've decided we're going to go there. Mm -hmm. But Egwene is going to go to the IO Waste with Avienda where she can train in how to be a dreamer. We've learned wise ones know something of this. Avienda tries to be like, actually, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And she had, um, she had been about to say that to the girls when Moraine interrupted. So she goes all in now. You know, I think Nynaeve and Elaine going into dangerous area, they may need help, protection. I will go with them. There are other Aiel that can help Egwene get to Colbrock's hole. Egwene's like, uh, okay. Kind of hurt by that. It's like, you don't want to go with me? It's okay. As always, Moraine has more information than pretty much anyone else in this room somehow and says, no, you will not, Avienda. That's right. Check this out. I got a note. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got so, a letter. Wonder thank who you, it's Blue from. I had to finish. I had to finish. Nice. It comes, this letter came to her by an Ayuman special delivery, Pony Express, whatever. He got First it a class. month ago and was told to bring it literally to Moraine Sedai at the Stone of Tear. Now, Moraine wasn't even in the Stone of Tear a month ago. And it comes from Amis, Bear, Malane, and Siana. Avienda recognizes all those names. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, they're all wise ones. And dreamwalkers. Moraine's like, ah, okay, that makes some sense that I've heard a little about these dreamwalkers. Mm -hmm. What the heck does that mean? The book doesn't say. What does that mean? What, that they're dreamwalkers? No, that Moraine goes, oh, that makes sense now. Moraine knows more than she thinks again. Yeah, apparently she thinks she understands something of what dreamwalking allows you to be able to do. We're not going to say any more right now. Anyway, the note to Moraine states, there is a willful girl named Avienda with you. You need to send her to Ruidian without delay. No more excuses for her not to come. Whoa. Moraine's like, these people are like bossy as the Almerlin. <laughs> Whoa. But Avienda, she starts throwing a hissy fit. I don't want to go to Ruidian. What? 
Now, the girls are like, oh, no, it's okay. We won't make you do anything you don't want to do. And Moraine's like, yeah, well, I already showed the note to Ruark. At least the relevant parts. And Aviana's like, you did what? She's like, like, the note told me to. Basically, the wise ones have Avienda boxed in. Because Ruark's like, yeah, she needs to go to Ruidian. With the sense of if she doesn't choose to go to Ruidian, we will she pack will her be... in a bag and carry her to Ruidian. Yeah. <laughs> She's getting there one way or another. Avienda, looking like a trapped animal, storms out of the room. The chapter wraps up quickly then, with plans beginning for these trips to come. Moraine notes there is an Atha-Anmir Atha ship at dock here in Tirnau, and the girls who want to go to Tanchico could request passage on that ship. There's no faster way to get there. Nynaeve is like, gee, thanks. Why is Nynaeve responding that way? Remind us about Nynaeve and ships, Zach. Uh, she gets seasick really badly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not got a good relationship, but yeah. that is the fastest way there. So she'll have to do something about that. Nynaeve turns to Egwene and says, okay, wow, that's a long trip to the waste. I'll talk to Lan. He knows about the waste. He'll he'll help you come up with the, what you'll need to take with you to be prepared for that far journey. And finally, they all turn to the elephant in the middle of the room. There's an elephant in there? I thought that skeleton was in Tanchico. Nicely done. Well, good call. <laughs> I like that. But the it real was... elephant in the middle of the room that right. isn't in Tanchico is Rand. Because, again... And the last chapter, he said tomorrow he's going to say what he's really going to do. And they are like, so what is he really going to do? And Elaine asks Moraine, do you think he's finally going to give you the war you want? And Moraine's like, oh, wait a second, girl. I don't really want a war. What I want is whatever has to happen so that Rand makes it determined guided. Right. So what I'm hearing is Moraine, trust the Taviran. That works. And so we'll find out. Maybe next chapter. Maybe. But that is the end of our content for today. Yay! Good stuff and good things to come. Before we move on to our spoiler room, though, now we have a question for today. Mm -hmm. We have our Ask Zach or Jim question channel on our Discord. And so any of our Discordians, trademarked, can toss a question in there for us to address on the podcast. And this one comes to us from Emmeline, who is with us in Discord today for this live recording. And it says, if you were going to write a novel, what genre or subgenre would you pick and why? For example, would you just go for your favorite genre slash subgenre to read? Or might your imagination or humor be better suited to a different one? So I love this question. Absolutely. I haven't written as much as I'd like recently, but I do have ideas here and there that I toss around and I use them. And most of my writing I then turn into and go, no, nah, let's do this in like D&D because &D, I'm actually going to use it. That being said, I would not write fantasy. I love fantasy. It's just not what I probably would write. Realistically, I'd write something that I might enjoy reading. I don't really like watching in like film that much. And that's more a kind of horror genre oh that suspense thriller little bit lovecraftian side of things is something that i really enjoy creating and diving into so that's like really it. where more where my writing sits i've actually prepped to write a book years ago 
I played around with this. Where I was working towards was a mystery novel. Mm -hmm. The old whodunit type of thing set in more modern context. So I think I could do that. If I was going to write something, I think I could do mystery. So you're going to write modern clue. There you go. Sherlock Holmes in the modern age. Ah. I'd love to write fantasy. I'm not sure my brain is complex enough to meet the masters who are out there now. But I think I could do mystery. And I like a good mystery. I will say, if I was going to write fantasy, I think with the birth in the last decade or two of this grim dark genre, maybe. Now, again, Emmeline's with us here. She drops into the Discord wondering if maybe I'd go more towards the Dresden style. And that's not a bad idea, because that's that slight blend of mystery with urban fantasy. The problem is I have read all the Dresden stuff, and how do I do it without being a knockoff now? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. that stuff is so good. If you have not read the Dresden Files, you need to. <sighs> That being said, if you wanted to write Dresden Files fanfic, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Definitely not. All right. Thanks for the question, Emmelyn. Hope you enjoyed our answers to that. Now we're going to jump ourselves into our spoiler room section. And <sighs> for the first time, I have something to add for it. And I don't know if this effect is going to come in right, but let's try it. That'll work. The spoiler room. That works. We'll figure, figure out, out how to make it format make quite it work right, different. but it's yep. there. <laughs> All right. We need to roll our dice to see oh, who is right. going first on these. So many good things to spoil. I have dice in front of me, but none that I haven't used yet. So we're going to go with this one. All right. Very good. I've got my number waiting for you. What you got? I got a 10. I got a 15. I get to go first. Oh, a lot of good things to spoil in this one. And I'm what going to something that is pretty much useless. Um, <laughs> but it is a personal need to spoil because we were on an episode of Watchinary a while back and I couldn't name or place a thing on one of my rounds. Nice. Because elephants exist in the world of the Wheel of Time. They still are around. They're called Seredit. They're kind of like elephants. They're slightly different, but not really. You look at it and you go, I always said shred it. There's an you apostrophe. Say Reddit? It's S apostrophe R. So I go Reddit. I probably am wrong. Point is, elephants do exist. Has a carnival been through Emmons Field? Heck no. Egwene's never seen one. So it's not wild that she sees this. But they don't exist in and this know continent. What it is. They're over in Shandar. Yes. However, a couple of them probably exist because. Where we see them later is this continent, and I don't yes. think they just came over. Because it's a Shanchen handler. Is it really a Shanchen handler in the carnival? Left behind from the Falme disaster. Yes. Okay, because that's where I, I couldn't remember the exact things. I knew it was something novel and rare, wasn't really seen and known much. But I was like, why, why are we looking at the skeleton of an elephant if you could go to see... Out in the world, the traveling See? thing. You can't. Is there. But no, okay. Elephants are real. They're not currently in this continent. We're good. And that's where it was less a I was going to spoil things. And more, I just needed to talk about this. Because <laughs> I messed it up in the past. And this is our nice. first time we talk about elephants in this book. Okay, so I want to spoil 
okay, we talked about the Mercedes-Benz logo, but yeah. just before it, oh my goodness, this is the first time we have on display here the male Adam. Yep. The one that could be put around Rand and control the Dragon Reborn. This joint, finely jointed collar with two bracelets of black metal. This is going to come in huge later in the series when Semerhaj gets her hands on those things and literally puts it around Rand's neck and nearly derails Tarman Gaiden. It's close. It's a near miss. The good news is we find out that the true power can destroy those. So we're fine. We find out that Rand can access the true power. But that's a that's story huge. for another day. But he needed to be able to. Oh, yeah. For multiple reasons. And she's the one that forces him to discover he can. So, yeah. Boom. Booyah. Good stuff. All right. Well, you know, we usually do all of our stuff about our podcast before we move to the spoiler room all the ways to connect and we totally blew over that we this time we did like a couple of them here and there as we actually did things we'll, we'll count on our watchers intelligence here now guys everything you need to get a hold of us is in our show notes we invite you to connect with us on discord to support us on patreon to find us on twitter facebook and instagram and even send us an email find the links in the show notes thank you for being here so if you're listening that's all you're gonna get however if you're watching, take a look at those links. You're about to see them in about three, two, maybe. There they are. We finally managed to get outro content. So as always, uh, this is going to be an interesting outro. Always will be. It's just not going to be me awkwardly waving anymore. <laughs> we probably can remember to not tell them all these things because we can just show it on the screen. That being said, we might talk through some of them here and there because some of you still listen in just an audio format. And I encourage you, keep doing it. We might turn it into Mystery Science 3000 at some point. 